On Call Podcast. Your home for sports, news, pop culture, tech, and the obscure. And of course, your host, Michael Meyer. What up, what up, what up? It's Mike, Zach and Mike podcast. Ooh, Zach and Mike now. Yeah, and this is Mike right here talking. Yeah, I had to fix the, I changed the aspect ratio thing from. Flipping orange today. 1080 to 720, and I didn't realize how much it would change the. Are we live? Yes, we are live. Nice. MVZ podcast (laughs) with what you guys can see is. Going to be the blind taste test. Should be fun. Hopefully fun. I, I'm going to be interested to see if I can tell the difference. I think you're going to be like... I mean, I would assume I definitely will, but I I wanted, I would like to think that I'm going to definitely know that which two are Bush and Natty. Like just like be like those two are the worst. I'd like to think that I would be able to, but I have this sneaking suspicion that one of those is gonna like slip through, and I'm just not gonna know. Just because I'm not gonna be able to read the side of the can to I like prejudge yeah. it. I can't tell if I'm gonna really know the ones that I've had in the past, or the ones that I haven't had like at all. Like I don't well, like. I should be. I would. I would think I could tell Bud, Coors, and Miller, just from taste. But I have a feeling I actually won't be able to, but I feel like I should be able to. I used to drink Coors. Then I went to Miller Lite. Now now I'm kind of bougie. Now I'm drinking like seltzers and shit. I'm kind of a chick. When we do it, I'll have to get, I'll type in my phone to try to see, because I'm going to try to guess which one's which. Because I think Coors will be the easiest one for me to tell. Was that your beer for a while? No. My dad loves Coors. That's right. So like he's he's just drank so much Coors that. Oh, we got the whiteboard. I just had enough Coors that I feel like I should be able to pull that one off. So I figure we'll we'll do a little sports talk for a minute, and then prep. We're gonna pour half a can of beer and a bunch of Red Solo cups. Uh, I'm going to write the names of the beer on the bottom of the cup so we can't see it. I'm going to mix them up. And then we're going to try. So, like, your beer one will be different than my beer one. Okay. We, don't, we don't have someone bringing us. Uh, Lexi's was losing her shit, so I don't figure Nicole's going to be available to be our beer lackey. If we wanted to do the same one, we could just uh, share cups. Just do five cups and. I'm not a germaphobe. I don't care. It doesn't bother me either. Just fill them up more. All right, we can do that. Makes then, it easier. And then we talk. We can talk it through too. Where you look at the person and you're like, ah, that's Miller. And I'm like, no. We'll have to be sure and not look at that person drinking from the cup because it. The oh more yeah. You tip it up. Yeah. That's right. We'll put them right there. We'll put all six right there. Uh, Jackson <laughs> stole the Bears koozies or the um. Coasters that were here. Mm-hmm. He picked them up. He ran into the house. And I never mm. saw him again. That's the Coke Zero. Now, I have seen it where people try to do the, like the, um, like blind Coke test. 
Well, they do like Coke, Diet Coke, Coke Zero. And I'm like, I would get that 100%. Absolutely. Diet Coke is chlorine. And then <laughs> the Coke will taste real syrupy to me at this point. Uh, and for those who have not paid attention to ESPN, it's the the Ocho. Oh, no, now we have a poor stream strength. Wow. Well, it's recording it, so if it sucks and it doesn't get enough, I'll just delete the live, and I will do the make it a video, upload it. That's why I record and stream. Oh, nice. So you can do both. Yeah, hopefully it'll pick back up here soon. I, I did not know that we were both going to wear bright, bright, like danger orange tonight, but whatever. In this all right, all right, all right. We are frozen. Damn it. You know, I wonder why, too. Like, it's a pretty top-of-the-line computer. Maybe there's something open that shouldn't be. We'll keep going. It's recording it. And then I'll just, worst case, upload it for everyone else. Sounds like a plan. Because, like, the, pu- the computer's not even working hard, so I don't even... It might be my router. That's the only other thing it could be. Router. No, no, just, yeah, I'll, I'll reboot it. Fix it next time. Anyway, today's what? The MLB trade deadline? Yeah, it was the deadline. Winners. A lot of movers. You know, I think the three winners. Padres. I, I would put the... Um, the... Nationals as the third biggest winner. Because they were backed. I mean, they had a Soto. They didn't have a choice. Um... He wouldn't sign for the $500 million they tried to give him. <laughs> so, like, at that point, and they did get a haul. They got, like, the biggest haul in the history of baseball. So, I'd say they're a winner. And then I'd say that the Reds are up there as a winner. Um, they got a lot of prospects. And the biggest winner was the Padres. I mean, they got the generational talent. It is unfortunate that, like, the Reds' current owner isn't willing <laughs> To pay money like that, so like I w- I was one of the teams that was like I don't want the Reds to trade for Soto. Like the Reds trade for Soto, it breaks us for a decade because all of our money would go to him. That's the wild part is there's not very many teams that had the prospects to get him and then also were willing to pay him. 
Because you had to give up like four or five prospects, and then also pay, you're not going to have to pay the guy $500 million. And you're not going to have the prospects to play for cheap. So you're going to be turning around having to pay other guys. It's a big risk. I mean, unless you're willing to just spend money. If you're willing to spend money, you're not risking as much because you can just sign free agents. And he's a guaranteed stud to where prospects are, you know, not guarantees. What did they give up? Did they even say all of them? Yeah, it was like, it was like Mackenzie Gore... Hassel the third, C.J. Abrams. I mean, they give up. They give like four or five good prospects, but like prospects. You know, Mackenzie Gore is the only one who who's had been successful in the pros already. Other than that, it was all just young guys who potentially are going to be good. And they got a twenty-three year old who is an absolute stud. Has the s- second best on base percentage of someone of his age all time for his career. His on-base percentage is second to only Ted Williams, which you're going way back to talk about someone like Ted Williams. The Nationals, outside of him and Josh Bell and in a smaller sense, Nelson Cruz, weren't even that good at hitting. And then now he's fall. Josh Bell's going with him to San Diego. So, and then there's Tatis and Machado, so he's probably going to do better there because they're going to have to pitch to him more. Hmm. It's crazy the what the Padres are now for, like, most of my life. Oh, yeah, they were basically useless for a long time. And then now, I don't know if they have – I don't know enough about the Padres. I don't know if they had a change in ownership or – or what, but they are spenders now. <laughs> Cause I remember when they went out and traded for Machado. I was like, holy crap, they paid him a bunch of money. And then they paid Tatis a bunch of money, and I was like, geez. And then they traded for Darvish and you know, Musgrove oh, yeah. and Clevenger. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, they're just gonna spend a bunch of money. And they traded for Adam Frazier. They're just paying everybody. They paid Hosmer a bunch of dollars and then now they're paying him to play somewhere else. He went to Boston, didn't he? Yeah. And how do you how do you feel about him saying no? He had no trade clause. He had like eleven teams on his no trade clause that he wasn't willing to go to in his contract, and he was allowed to waive it. They traded him to Washington, you know, as part of that trade, and he said, No, I'm not doing that. And so the trade was on pause for a little bit. And like literally people were roasting him. They're like, are you kidding me? You know, you're, you're getting paid all this money. Like, we get, they gave you a seven-year, hundred and fifty million dollar contract, and you know, you're still going to get paid all that, and you're you're going to be like that. You know what my my opinion on it is? They paid him. It was in his contract. Don't give it to him then. If you don't want a player to be able to do that, don't let them do that in their contract and say that they have the right to say no to trades, because that's part of it. If he doesn't want to live in D.C., he doesn't want to live in D.C. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with it, in my opinion, on Hosmer's part. I think if you're mad at him, it's kind of silly. Because like, well, that was that was the deal people that was agreed upon. 
And what's he supposed to do? No, I want to help the team that wants to get rid of me. <laughs> like, he's no longer loyal to you when you're getting rid of him. So at that point, when you're when you're getting traded out, it's not like he requested a trade and they were like granting it. So like when you're for getting forced out, you look out for yourself at that point because they're done looking out for you. Let's see if we can drop the bit rate. Here's open. These who are speed building this Minecraft thing. I can't even do it by myself, like with no time limit, let alone. I've never, I've never played Minecraft. Yeah. It's something that like theoretically you probably get a hold of, but I never really, pl I never played long enough to like learn how to do it correctly. Soda the pot. It's crazy. I didn't think he'd end up going anywhere because I thought the asking price would be too high. Now yeah, he was asking a price too high for someone like that. That's the hard part. Is like you could have, they could have asked for as much as they wanted. They could have asked for more, but at the same time, like they could have traded him now. They could have traded him in the off season, but they had to trade him eventually. He wanted he wasn't going to resign with you, basically. So you can't let a player of that caliber walk. I wonder see if I think is the Reds had a really busy day, but uh the Reds are not good. So if you look at the the uh summary of the trade deadlines, it's like the twins got Mally from the Reds. The Padres got Drury from the Reds. Like it's from the Reds. It's not like the Reds dealt all this stuff. So who they got the winners and losers on CBS here? Juan Soto makes sense. Luke Voigt, huh? Oh, yeah, that sucks. Because uh, he was the one who had to leave because Hosmer wouldn't leave. No, nah, I get it. Phillies. Losers national. Yeah, that is crazy how, what they have given up. Yeah. The Yankees like it. Makes sense. I think Joey Gallo. I'm hoping... This turns into why is Gallo a winner? I want to see their explanation for why Gallo's a winner. Hmm, maybe he just didn't like New York. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't have a problem with Joey Gallo. Uh Astros, I don't like the Astros. Winter Twins. Man, I really don't follow baseball like I used to. Not the Cubs suck so much, which, you know, I'm surprised Wilson didn't go anywhere. Or Ian Happ. Damn. Ian Happ strikes out too much, though. Here's an interesting thing for the, for the Reds. You know how the Reds get talked about like they're just far and away the worst team in baseball? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're forty-two and sixty-one. Like that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. 
But do you remember they started three and twenty-two? So they're thirty-eight and thirty-nine since the three and twenty-two start. That's not terrible. I mean, that five hundred is fine. And they've been a five hundred ball club pretty much since they since the three and twenty-two start. The problem was they lost a lot of their good players, and then at the beginning of the year they had like eighteen of their. Uh, top 25 on the injured list. And when you're already bad, <laughs> then 18 of your best 25 players aren't playing. You don't have the depth. Mm, that's true. So I, I think the future's bright. And 2024 is the year for the Reds. They have no money in guaranteed contracts in 2024. No money. Huh? Votto's contract and uh, Mustakas's contracts will be over. So they'll, I mean, they'll have money because they'll keep guys like Senzel and India and so on, but there's still arbitration. So they don't have any guaranteed contracts in 2024 right now. So if the youth works out like it's looking with all those prospects and you have all those players that you're not paying, then you can go out and sign some guys because you have money to spend. But what the Reds need to do instead of what they usually do is they need to be smarter with their money and try to find good players who are willing to take like one or two year deals and overpay them if you want. Like we, we signed Musakis like a five year, $80 million deal and then he sucked immediately. Instead of doing that, do like a two year, 40 million, you know, where he gets 20 million a year instead of 16. But since you're the reds, it's like, yeah, we're overpaying probably, but we're not going to be stuck with you if you fall off <laughs> because the reds can't handle that. Like right now, we're just paying $16 million for a guy who's batting like 210. And most teams are like, yep, that happens. But for the Reds, it's like, okay, so, you know, we don't have any money to buy a good player then. I don't know what my Cubbies are going to do. That's it's kind of what the Rays do. I mean, you just, you might sign big contracts, but you got to you gotta trade people. That's, that's what the Rays did the Snell. That's what they've been doing. Like McClanahan has been one of the best pitchers in baseball. They'll sign him to like a five-year, you know, $150 million contract. They'll have him for two years, then they'll trade him when he still has three years left. Because the Rays don't spend a bunch of money, it's like, okay, we need to trade a good player like that, you know, to get a good player before they maybe fall off because we can't pay a guy a bunch of money. Like the Reds should have done it with Votto. After three or four years, trade him. While he's still really, really good, you can get a lot back for him. You don't have to pay him anymore. Because the players want long contracts. So that's probably actually the way to do it, is signing them to the contract they want. And with Vada, while he's still in his prime, trading him for a bunch of prospects. And then you get his money off the books. You're not paying him $25 million or he's not good anymore. Because the Reds can't handle that loss. We're like, if you're the Yankees, you're like, yeah, that happens. Sometimes we have players who pay $30 million that aren't on our team that are playing for the minor league teams. It's fine. Also in sports news, did you see did you see what I seen this morning about uh, Tiger? No, it's seven, $800 million. Seven to $800 million to play live. It was what he was offered. He said no. Did it say how long that contract was for? It didn't. Here's the thing. I think, like, he could have still, the thing is, he could have done the majors anyway, 
The other thing is how many how many events did they want him to play in? He can't play in a lot. He refuses to use a cart. He's qualified for a cart, and he said he will never do that. So he doesn't want to use a cart. So it's like maybe he's like, I can't play as much as they want me to play. Maybe people are saying that he's like being, you know, cool. But I think he he wants to win majors above all else. And I think that logically he's thinking, I can't play that much and be healthy enough to play in a major. I need to basically rest until majors happen. I need to play four times a year. I really think that's what Tiger's doing at this point. He's just trying to play three or four times a year, only in majors. And he's already a billionaire, so he doesn't need that money. I think it's smart they offered it to him, though, because if he would have went, <sighs> talk about, like, the ultimate blow to the PGA, though. Legit. Like, even though he's not the best player in, in golf anymore, just... He's the face of the PGA still. He is the PGA. Like, he would have immediately validated Liv if he would have went. Like, a lot of good players are going, and that's fine. But, like, if he would have went, it would have immediately, like, the viewership for Liv would have shot through the roof. A lot of people who... A lot of people watch golf only to watch Tiger. (laughs) So, like, a lot of people would have started watching Liv golf. That wouldn't otherwise. So that would have been the PJs obviously sighing in relief. Don't want to download an app that I don't know its source. Okay, so baseball, that's done. Football, NFL's back. Yeah, what did I say, 37 days? Yeah, 37 days to opening night. 37 days till Bills, Rams. 37 days until Allen Robinson breaks Twitter. And people are like, is he the number one now? Is he that good? Blah, 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 blah. And it'll be like, no. Like, Cooper Cup got Tredavious White all night, and Alan Robinson ate the crap out of the other guy. Hall of Fame game on Thursday. Dope. Mm. I hate the Hall of Fame game. Why? Because it's a week before the rail, rail, the game starts. No, it's it's like I hate the I hate preseason and it's like ninety percent of the time I hate preseason. I'm only into preseason this year because the Steelers have an actual like we have actual position battles this year, so it makes it interesting. Um, because the reason I don't like preseason because usually I watch it and I'm like this isn't real football. Like they're not running real plays. You can tell it's not passionate. Like I don't really care. They're just out there playing. But like I said, this year there'll be some drama with Pittsburgh with quarterbacks and wide receivers. And there'll be actual like fringe players. It'll be interesting, but I hate the hall of fame game even more because like Trevor Lawrence isn't even playing. The starting quarterbacks don't even play in the hall of fame game. Cause I remember one year, I forget who it was. It was like someone, something silly. Like, I don't know. It was something like Drew Stanton or something was playing in the hall of fame game and just like went nuclear. 
We threw like four touchdowns the first half, and everyone's like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, yeah, it's because a guy with actual NFL experience playing against a whole bunch of guys who practice squatters. Yeah, practice squatters and stuff, and he just will eat them alive because he knows how to actually play. Yeah, it's the Hall of Fame game's rough. I know Trevor Lawrence already said he's not playing. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Etienne won't play, Robinson won't play, Kirk won't play. So they don't for, it's the ETN. weirdest thing ever. I don't know why the NFL I don't know why the NFL doesn't tell the play the teams in it. Like you're playing your dudes in this one. Yeah. And then you can you can just not play them in the the last one if you want. Since that's the one they do first, if I was the NFL, or, or the NFL should do is do this one first, and then still only schedule these teams for three games, so they treat it real, right. like everyone else. Because that's what I would do. My Bears are going to be watching a lot of the uh, preseason to find offensive linemen that they're going to be signing. I get cut, I think. So what's wrong with your boy Tevin Jenkins? Why? Why do they not want it? It went from like I saw he was like on second team, and then. All of a sudden, like, they want to trade him. So, I was reading the the Bears blog about that, which uh, this guy gets some pretty good info. It seems as though there were mental health concerns as far as inability to cope and things get tough. Uh, When he feels tested emotionally at the thing, he kind of, like, breaks down. Like Dwight Howard. Yeah. So Which I don't, Dwight Howard's a different book though. They were, t- they were talking about like he had a, bro- like broke down and cried or something uh, at a practice when he was still in OK State, and then he got challenged at practice, and he did not handle it well, and then didn't even do it. So the the looks are that he doesn't have the mental health; he's not mentally strong enough to play for a demanding coach like Eberflus. Gotcha. Um, Did you see the uh, the funny tweet about the Giants? I only heard that Danny Jones was uh, lighting it up today. I saw a thing that said Dan- Daniel Jones hits disabled person with football in a oh. practice. And then <laughs> the number one comment in response is like, that's a terrible thing to say about Kenny Galladay. <laughs> <laughs> So, so wrong. But I guess he had an errant pass and went to the crowd. <laughs> Disabled person. Sure. I don't know how you even accidentally throw it into the crowd. I mean, that's takes special, special. And like every other young quarterback that's playing uh, in training camp, Fields had a couple of errant throws. He had a broken coverage play and missed uh, Nikhil Harry for just a wide open touchdown overthrew it. They've looked good overall. It looked like there was a bad two-minute drive yesterday. Um, and then a bad red zone set the day before. Defense looks pretty good. Other than that, yeah. I think it's hard. It's like they're seeing Pittsburgh's defense looks like unbelievably good. And I'm like, okay. So is our defense looking unbelievably good? Or is our defense just good? And our offense is bad. Because there's no doubt our defense is going to be good. Mm-hmm. It's how good. The Pittsburgh needs to be the best defense in football. You pay the most. You have the defensive player of the year. 
You have Minka Fitzpatrick. There's no excuse to not be the best defensive football. It's true. You hit on all I mean, levels. I mean, when you have Cam Hayward, Minka, and TJ Watt at the at the you know at the levels, and then they have I mean they have depth in the secondary. They I mean they have no excuse but to be good. Yeah. And the amount of draft capital, like Ernstine Lebecker's being Miles Jack and Devin Bush, those are both like top ten picks. Like there's no excuse. You know, to not be they should be stupid good. And that's uh, the funny thing about everyone riding the Steelers off as far as like not being able to make the playoffs and the Vegas line being at seven and a half wins. To me, it's just so interesting because I'm like, we've never had a losing season before. So to be seven and ten this year, we haven't had a losing season under Tomlin when our team is the exact same last year, except for we got rid of like Ben for whoever is the quarterback, and then we've improved at every other position. I don't understand how we're all of a sudden worse than we were last year. I think it's an overreaction to what Denver did and what, you know, the Raiders did. And all these teams are improving. So they're like, oh, well, Pittsburgh is going to lose a bunch more games. It's like, we don't play the the Raiders twice a year. And, like, we're not in that division. Nothing really changed. I mean, the Browns got Deshaun, sure, but we only play him once as a sits. Yeah, you play him, what, week three? Yeah, so we'll have one against Jacoby. And, like, there's no excuse to losing to Jacoby Brissett with our defense. I think as good as our defense should be, we should take care of teams like that. Like, when we play the Patriots week two, we should take care of them. I'm curious how that turns out for you guys. Because our defense should be able to basically limit, you know what I mean, Mac Jones to not be able to score enough points to be able to beat us. I wonder how good the – how good is your guys' run defense? Because you, you, know, like, you got the Chubb monster playing. Last year, horrible. Uh, but the reason our off or defensive or our run defense was so so bad last year is we had uh, four of our top five defensive linemen out. Oh, okay. And when you do that, and you're pulling guys to the practice squad that have never played in the NFL before, I mean, it was bad. And then the problem was we are inside linebackers. We had Joe Schobert, who was a pass a passing like linebacker specialist and was known to be bad against the run. But the problem was but we, at first we were like, our defensive line's good. You know, we're just going to, you're not going to have to need us off the run. And then when the defensive line was bad and then he was, it just compounded to where it became an extra problem. We were asking so much of our middle linebackers when they weren't supposed to, you know, even do that. So it was bad. Uh, well, yep. So Deshaun, six game suspension. That, I see. Because uh, what do you have? 20, 27 girls, right? 24? 25. 25? So le- less than a girl a quarter? Or less than a quarter per girl? And then you got Calvin Ridley with his $1,500 bet. I stand by that one. They, they had no choice with that one. I know that everyone wants to go to that one, but I'm like, betting on football is the worst thing for football. If you play on a team. In the league, I understand. No, it's that's the actual worst thing for football. Like murderers, it, it like compromises, like, like those things integrity. suck. Like having bad people, but like you can't let the integrity of football be ruined. That is that's worse than having bad people play football. Especially as big as DraftKings and FanDuel and things like that are now. The amount of people that are gambling and the NFL has embraced it. They can't be like, yeah, people are throwing games and we're cool with it. Yeah, like the, that, the billions like, involved. Yeah. The, they had to do that. And I, I think the NFL kind of even said, like, 
sorry, man. Like, we understand you only did $1,500 and you weren't even playing. You weren't worth the team. Like, we get that. But we can't play with this one. Like, we can't. To me, the egregious one is Josh Gordon getting 78 games for weed. That is ridiculous. That's the egregious one to me. Is he got 70? Or, or DeAndre Hopkins. For the Trace Six games for Trace amounts. He had like 0.01% of something. Like, that's nothing. And, like, I get that that's cheating, too. Like, that's quote-unquote cheating in football. Like, with with Tom Brady with the inflated, you know, the deflated footballs. It's like, quote-unquote, cheating and unfair advantage. But how much is it? I don't think a PED is that much of an advantage in football. I mean, not especially not in a strength position. Like, a wide receiver at a skills position. Like, like it helps you heal. Is the only thing that like is the unfair advantage of it, but like for that to be seen as the same as, and that's why I I think the biggest one that you look at is the the Josh Gordon one and just all the weed ones. So many guys got like a year for marijuana. Ricky Williams. And there are a lot of people who got suspended for weed. I know Le'Veon Bell got some got a couple games. It is crazy. I mean, even just comparing it to Ben's situation. What Ben get? Ben Ben got six initially. It got appealed down to four, but Ben's also again didn't go. Didn't even go to criminal court. Didn't go to civil court. Didn't settle. There was just no try. Like it just didn't happen because the girl dropped the charges basically, and he gets six. But then Deshaun has twenty five girls. That are, you know, go to criminal and then go to civil. And he gets six? How's 25 the same as one? You know what I mean? Like, the, in, the wildly inconsistent stuff of the NFL is crazy. I saw one tweet that said, based on the Deshaun suspension, Alvin Kamara will get no suspension to a lifetime ban, depending on the way the wind is blowing that day. Because <laughs> like, there is no consistency. It's, yeah, it's pretty... Yeah, it's pretty inconsistent. I don't know. I, don't know. I did see a funny joke also that was like, the NFL only gave Deshaun six games because he's already serving a lifetime punishment of being a Cleveland Brown. Touché. <laughs> it's pretty good. But man, I remember all that talk where the Cleveland Browns fans are like, oh, we're not going to like football. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to watch and we're not going to support him. We're going to quit watching football. That was all talk. He showed up to practice. The crowd erupted. He has he's he's signing more autographs than any other player there. Like Cleveland's so stoked to have him, and it really is gross. As long as you can play football, I told Bethany, if Pittsburgh traded for Deshaun, <coughs> you I wouldn't have been a Pittsburgh fan anymore. That's a big that's a big step. Welcome to welcome to Chicago. <laughs> But I don't know why I would have went there. But I, I I don't know where I would have went. I probably would have taken a year off football. As far as, like, picking a fan, I wouldn't have done it right away. I would you have sort of watched games. Yeah. But I would have actually rooted against Pittsburgh. And like, I'm a huge Steelers fan. I have been my whole life huge, huge Steelers fan. But part of the reason I am such a big Steelers fan, like, the reason I started being a Steelers fan is because of my dad. But part of the reason I am such a huge Steelers fan now is like I love the Roonies and I love this the way they run teams. Like 
there was a 0% chance that we were going to get Deshaun Watson. The Roonies were not going to do that. Like, there was a 0% chance that we were going to let that happen. Yeah, that's true. Like, they just, they won't. They're like, they do have a higher they standard. Have, they have the Rooney rule, which, like, was in- instituted because Pittsburgh was like, hey, maybe we should interview not just white guys. <laughs> like, we should interview women and, you know, other races. And, like, I just, like, Plaxi, or, uh, like, Santonio Holmes, he, uh, he punched his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. The year after he was Super Bowl MVP, by the way, <laughs> like that off season, punched his girlfriend and Pittsburgh traded him to uh, the Jets the next day for a sixth round pick, a sixth round pick for the Super Bowl MVP. Because they basically were like, "We're not even trying. We're just getting rid of you. We're not putting up with that." See ya. And then Karma gave them Antonio Brown in that sixth round. So the t- wide receiver telling what. And then Pittsburgh traded Brown, if you remember, <laughs> for a fourth-round pick, and that turned into Deontay. No, Deontay was a third-round pick. I think we traded Brown for a third-round pick, and that was Deontay. But I just remember the train of that being like, wow, P- Pittsburgh just gets rid of one receiver and just immediately drafts another one. Like, shouldn't be how it works. But if you're someone who believes in karma, <laughs> getting rid of the right guy, and you get something good out of it. But still, I just, I wouldn't have liked it. And, like, the Browns, <laughs> just what they did, too, is, like, they completely, completely, to not, like, pun halfway intended, got him off. Like, they traded they traded the, the picks for him, whatever, they had to do that. They paid him a huge contract, which anyone had to. But to backload it like that, to where he's, his official cap hits only $1 million this year, so that if he, um, yeah, he gets a full it. year suspension, he loses a million versus, like, $46 million. It's pretty crappy. They beat him $46 million a year, but made it so that if he gets suspended this year, it's prorated at a million dollars instead. If he got a whole year instead of $46 million. That's pretty shady. Like, that's just not, that's not even, like. That's the worst part, I think. Yeah, they, they literally made it so they're, like, suspend him if you want. He's not. He ain't earning anything anyway. He's Yeah, he's not getting, you're not costing him any money. And then he didn't get a fine. They were saying up to $12 million, and it was no fine. And did you see her reasoning for it? Some of it made no sense to me. Like, so she said. That he broke, he broke protocol, but he, they, she said that he didn't do anything violent with these girls. I did see that they changed the classifications because which vi- so violent means now like punching and holding women down because like came on them. That's sexual assault. It is if you spit on somebody. You can go to that's jail. assault. That's considered violent. But apparently, semen on people. She said that he, he, he got erect penises and touched him with it and all that stuff. But she's like, but it wasn't violent. Like, it was coerced. Like, it was, vi- it was, yes, he didn't punch anyone, but that wasn't the question. And then the weird part, too, is, so she basically said, like, you know, he didn't do anything violent, but it wasn't appropriate. Then she puts the classification that he must get all his massages through the club's therapists. I'm like, okay. He'll never be alone. So, so he's not violent, 
But like, let's watch him at all times. Like to me, that made it very much like you should not even be able to get massages anymore. But as it's for the, it's only be at the club therapist, which means they're. I mean, they're probably men that do the club therapy or do the club massages most mostly. I mean, really, they're usually the athletic trainers are a lot of them are men in the NFL. I'm sure there are women ones, but still, like, I bet Deshaun gets the guys. What do you, uh, do you think? There's any chance Cleveland's giving him a female female masseuse? I would hope not. No, I mean, and if he does, it's in a room full of everyone else. Like it's in the locker room, which is everyone around. Like he's not giving. They're not giving him a private massage. So, like, to me, I'm like, okay, so you say he's innocent of violence, but then at the, but then later you're like, but he also can't be alone with therapists anymore. Like, that basically said that you were like, yeah. There's something. Yeah, you basically were like, yeah, he, he probably wasn't great. And here's the thing. So, I just don't know. So, the NFL appeals it. I know it goes 60 days. What? The appeal process. They had three days to file for it, though. Yeah, but then they go, then it extends the sixty days, like the trial thing for the appeal. So that puts us in like October, which he's like, well, they're like four games in at that point. So I guess it won't affect the suspension unless it somehow gets extended again. I I just don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. So even if they, I still think the NFL. I think they're damage controlling. I think their whole goal is they, they want it to look as good as possible in this situation while also making the most money. So they get the suspension with the independent arbitrator. Conveniently, by the way, the NFL supposedly didn't know what the suspension was going to be, but conveniently, week seven, he returns against the Baltimore Ravens. Which it's weird scheduling quirk. Rivalries are rivalry. And then also, the Browns have the easiest first six games in the league. Do they? Yeah. Also kind of... How hunky-dory for them. Yeah. Like, if you remember what we talked about, I said I thought they'd get... I thought that he would get a two-game or a six-game suspension just because of the way the schedule set up. He's, I was like, he's facing the Steelers' first game or he's facing the Ravens' first game. And that opening schedule's stupid easy. And... I just, I think they did that basically saying, okay, well, start it with six. Like, they kind of went, like, wink, wink with this Sue Robinson person being like, let's just give him six. You know, we'll announce the, the Dolphins thing tomorrow. Try to take away from some of this Deshaun stuff. We'll we'll appeal if people are outraged. That's what it is. They're basically, we're going to see how the fans go. The fans are kind of like, yeah, six seems cool. We just won't do anything. If the fans are upset, we're going to be like, we're appealing it. Yeah, let them lead the way. And then we'll see what happens from there. If, if people, if we lose our appeal and people are like, you know, they tried, then we'll just blow it under the rug. But if people are still upset, we'll try to convince, you know, we'll, we'll wink, wink at Jimmy Haslam. Be like, hey, you take it into your own hands and make it a year or whatever. Like, I really think the NFL is going to do something like that. The And... And when I say stuff like that, my dad's always like, I don't know. And I'm like, the NFL's not a morality police. They're a business. They're Deshaun morality. Watson is very good. Him playing football is good for the league. Mm-hmm. Him molesting girls, not so good for the league. But, like, people, they can get past for, it. They've gotten forget. past it. People forget. If he throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns, he'll be like, oh, he was innocent. People get past it. Michael Vick played again after the dogs. And people love dogs. He's like, I, I think Michael Vick, to me, I think what he did was less egregious than Deshaun, only because 
I don't think Michael Vick can do any better. I think he grew up in that environment. That's true. And that was just normal to him. And it was like I didn't know it was against the law. What? You mean, oh man, you might he might have known it was against the law even, but he might it might have just been like not that big of a deal. To where like sexual assault, you know is a big deal. No matter where you grow up. Physical assault, you know was a big deal, no matter where you grew up. Adrian Peterson when he when he hit his kid, he didn't know any better. There's zero doubt in my mind. He he like he hit his kid with the switch. I think he was just like, I got hit with the switch. I didn't know. I don't think he was maliciously like trying to hurt his child. I think he was he just thought that's how you parented. And that's just a failure in our education system when we need to basically just teach people the correct way to parent before college. Because like that's when they started to teach, but something not everyone goes to college, man. I know Adrian Peterson went to Oklahoma, but he didn't go to class. Let's be right. right. <laughs> that dude didn't take real classes. And he was a stud the whole time. So like I said, I think he just didn't know any better. Deshaun knew what he was doing. For sure. He was malicious the whole way. Giving $5 million to the owner. Or 500000 uh, whatever it was. Yeah, to the owner of the masseuse. The yeah, the massage parlor. Because he's a nice guy. Like he's he, a nice guy. His his stuff was it was planned and like he had like however many masseuses I forget the stats but it was like a ridiculous amount of the masseuses like his was he was a serial predator basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to me that that is different than a lot of these other instances but still point is you can get past it like anyway Kobe should have raped that girl like that happened but then he changed his number and. Won some more championships and people forgave him. And that was a long time ago. I mean, not like a long time ago in the span of humans, but a long time ago in the public eye of how we are now with news. Like mm-hmm. the PC wasn't really a thing back then. Ray, Ray Lewis straight murdered a dude. <laughs> or at least helped murder a dude. He was in on it, yeah. Was later on a cover of Sports uh, Illustrated in a gold suit with yeah. the headline, God's Linebacker. Yeah, and he's yeah. on TV still. <laughs> so, like, you can get past things. That's Bryant punches mother in the face. People just forgot that happened. He sticks big on the word of God. So, I mean, it really just depends on your talent level, to be honest. Like, if people can get past it. And this one, this one, like I said, people will get past it later. And they'll, like, the further we're removed from it, people will just be like, well, he didn't get any criminal charges. I mean, that's what's going to happen. People are going to be like, you know, it, it was all civil. Yeah, but he settled on a lot of these. He paid. He settled with, I don't know how many of these girls, but he he paid women to basically drop their charges and not talk about it anymore. That, that here's, here's the standard NDA I give to all my ladies. That admits a little bit of guilt to settle. And but for an undisclosed amount of money, and whenever you settle in, in your celebrity like that, you're signing an NDA. He's ba- he basically said, how much is it going to cost for you to drop this civil suit against me and to not talk about it anymore? We're going to do that. Let's do it. And I think so, like, that's, the di- that's a huge difference to me. To where with, like, with Ben, when his suspension, he threw a fit with Goodell because he said, I told her we're going to court. I'm not settling. And she didn't even take me to civil court. He's like, I told her I wasn't going to settle. Prove, like, prove I did anything wrong. Which his was a mess anyway because his girl never actually even accused him of anything. Mm. The second girl did that. 
the first girl was the bartender who they had all the texts saying how much she was in love with him and she hoped she was pregnant with his baby and all that. And he, she was only trying to take him to court and he said, let's do it. <laughs> and then she dropped it because she knew she had no case because of all those text messages that where she was like, I hope I'm pregnant. This is the best night of my life. And they were like, okay. And the second one, it was the girl's friends that called the police. And they said they couldn't have access to him. And then in the whole police report, the word rape was never even mentioned by anyone. So, like, again, it's just a different thing. But, like, the NFL, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's just interesting. And then this time, all of these girls are like, I was I was touched. I was victimized. And the NFL's like, I don't know, six games? <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really feel like if you're going to give Deshaun six, Kamara shouldn't be suspended. Not in comparison, yeah. He shouldn't be suspended at all, then. I'm fine as Kamara being suspended. Like, I like think Kamara should get six. They and I like think video. Deshaun should get... I think Deshaun shouldn't be able to play football anymore, but... But it is hard, because it's just... It, the tough part to me is... When you really think... When you, like, step back, and you take your emotions out of it... Like... He could probably still be like a teacher at this point. He has no criminal record. Like he's creepy and stuff. Like if he wasn't a celebrity, you wouldn't even know about it. Mm. I mean, that's the weird thing. Look like at the teacher. Maybe it wouldn't because they'd see the background check of all the accusations. But like, he could be an accountant. 100% he could be an accountant. He doesn't have any felonies. or mis- like He doesn't have any felonies. He's in. He's fine. So that's the hard part is it's really like when you take a step back and you get the NFL is really just a business. Are they really, like, do they really have to be role models? Charles Barkley always said. <laughs> yeah, Charles Barkley didn't say it. So he said, I think he should be, like, at first, I, I want, as much as I want to say, like, he should never play football again. The other part of me is like, why, though? Because I feel that maybe he should have been criminally charged. He wasn't, though. And the legal system is innocent until proven guilty. So, like, he wasn't criminally charged in a way. He is absolved of his... Right, and and in a way, it's like he never did anything that made him cheat on the field. So, like, it is kind of, like, weird to really think about. It's not like he was an accountant that stole from his company or something. He did something outside of work that we didn't like. There is a lot of morality, Pete, police for professional athletes. Which is kind right. And and that's what the NFL says. That's, again, why I think the NFL is just like, what do you guys want us to do? Yeah. How many people do you work with that already have DUIs? You want us to spend our guy for a year? Yeah. And, like, the Calvin Ridley thing, to me, is different because they never – like, that you have to. Like, that's the one thing that you cannot allow in sports is gambling. From the refs to the players, it can't happen. Because the argument, even though he didn't bet, everyone will always wonder, like, you know, did he did he bet on, you know, Kyle Pitts' receptions because he knew that they were going to feed him the ball that week? Like, he didn't bet on the Falcons. But again, like, and the, the funniest part is, I don't think the NFL actually cared. I think if Calvin Ridley would have done it secretly, like a lot of players probably do, have like friends do it and family do it and stuff. 
I don't think they would have cared. I think the fact that he was on DraftKings as Calvin Ridley and he got out there, they had to do something. But I'm sure, I bet people bet all the time. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, I mean, that happens all the time. And again, the NFL's probably just like, you know, don't get caught. Do what you do. <laughs> like, you get caught, we're going to punish you. But yeah, how about the Brian Flores thing that we kind of skimmed over it? How about him saying, I got fired from the Dolphins because they wanted me to lose games and I wasn't willing to do that. And then I got blackballed from other teams because, you know, the Dolphins were basically bad-mouthing me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then them coming back, the NFL said they didn't have any evidence of them purposely tanking. However, the NFL did say in the report that the own the owner did tell the GM, the coach, and I forget two other people that he was more concerned about the draft pick they got next year rather than their win and loss record. So implying lose games, and they couldn't prove that he was offered a hundred thousand dollars. Basically, they couldn't prove that. But to me, I think this. I think the punishment that the Dolphins got was actually less about the tampering with Brady and Peyton. And more about the tanking Brad that they couldn't in. prove. Yeah. I think they knew based on what they saw that they're like, okay, you don't tell people we are more concerned about where we pick than our win losses without, we know what that means. We're not stupid. So I think they basically punished them for that. Yeah. Very much a suck for luck situation. But again, then Pittsburgh and the Roonies being above the black ball group of, you know, everyone blackballing Flores because he's not willing to lose. Pittsburgh's like, we don't try to lose games ever. <laughs> like we go all because Pittsburgh goes all in every year. Yeah, now they got the most overqualified linebackers coach in history. <laughs> the be- probably the best linebackers coach in history. I mean, definitely the most overqualified. Our de- our defensive room's insane with Tomlin and Flores and our then our actual defensive coordinator. Again, so. Th- Back to why I said Pittsburgh has no excuse but to have the best defense in football. <laughs> Not only are you the highest paid defense and have all that draft capital, Brian Flores is your linebacker coach. <laughs> like, yeah, you're you're pretty set. Like the the defense, the defense should be stupid good. Because Tomlin was a defensive coordinator. Terrell Austin is a secondary specialist. He's our defensive coordinator, so we have a secondary specialist. And then a linebacker coach, like a linebacker specialist, and Flores. That's a lot of the defense. Pretty, yeah, and then Tomlin's the Tomlin understands blitzes and coverage. Like, oh. You got a pretty badass. Like the no excuse, but to just wreak havoc on teams defensively. Agree. So yeah, I don't know. I I just it'll be interesting to see what happens with with all this, but. Like, like, I think the NFL doesn't want... They don't want to become, like, the NBA. They don't want tanking. They don't want people tanking to actually lose. Like, it's already inherently harder to do in football because the season is so short that you don't actually know if you're out of it. <laughs> you know, until, like, eight or nine weeks in. that like you're already, like, halfway done before you know that you can't make the playoffs. And then on top of that, like, people are going to get really badly hurt. If you're purposely tanking, it's true. So I think it's inherently harder, but at the same time, they don't, they don't want to have to do a lottery system. They don't want to have to like 
really do the tanking thing. So I think that's why they punished them so much for that. And the other thing about the NFL that's, that is anti-tanking is coaches get fired so quickly <laughs> when they lose games that coaches and offensive coordinators and stuff are never going to try to tank. Yeah, yeah. Because they're the future. gone. Yeah. So that's why I think the NFL shut this one down. It's because they were basically like, hey, Flores, lose, and we'll let you coach. And he didn't. And the NFL was like, oh, that's the first time that we've actually been like, hey, We'll keep you around even if you lose. We know that you're better than that. Well, this isn't this doesn't count basically. Like this season, if you go two and fifteen, we're writing that off. That doesn't even matter. We'll in house talk about starting next season how good you're doing. Well, you know, if you lose that much as a coach, you're gonna get criticized by the media. Like, why are they holding on to him? He looks like he lost the room. They have two and fifteen. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Maybe 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 Cincinnati did that for years because I kept wondering why Marvin Lewis wasn't getting fired. Dude coached them for a million years and they were terrible for a lot of them. <laughs> they were good for more a lot of them. They were good for they, they were, were good so for so bad for they, so long. They were so bad for a long time with them. Good for a little bit and then bad for a long time again. So it makes you wonder. And then they got Joe Burrow. What's his career winning percentage? It's got to be good. No, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah, I bet he has to be under 500. Like, I would say, guess significantly so. I bet he has like a 40% win, win career run percentage. His birthday's coming up. He was a whiner, too. Oh, you know how many head coaches? He's also the D coordinator for the Ravens from 96 to 01, so he's got like two of the two of the best defenses in history. Ha. <laughs> 131, 122, and 3. So right about 500. 51%. It's almost 52%. Yeah. So, yeah. I, but they were so bad for a lot of it, too. So, it just makes you wonder, like. He turned them from 2 and 14 to winning the division in two years. Yeah. And then they got real bad again. Five consecutive postseason appearances from 11 to 15. <laughs> the franchise's winningest head coach at 131. Mm-hmm. And they have like four or five straight losing seasons after that. I'm not saying, I'm just saying like based on, ju- which I can't really talk about it because the media always talks about how he's on the hot seat, but the media is talking about how Tomlin's on the hot seat this year. He did finish his career bad because three, oh, let's see. Eight and eight, eight and eight, 11, five, eight and eight, seven, nine, four and 11, 10 and six, four and 12. 9 and 7, 10 and 6, 11 and 5, 10 and 5, 12 and 4, 6, 9, 7, 9, 6, 10. Three, three years in a row is kind of weak. So, but yeah, like I said, it's hard to really say because like the media is saying that Tomlin has one of the hottest seats in the NFL this year. If anyone should have a hot seat, <laughs> he's the last motherfucker that should. It's like it's, it, he's got to be, what, the second or third most secure coach? He should. He should be. Because Belichick is the most secure. Right? Like, they're not firing Bill at this point. And then you could argue Andy Reid. You know, like, but Tomlin's up there with those guys. I think all three of those guys, there's 0% chance they're fired after this year. And the thing about Tomlin, too, is it's like, okay, so you're going to say they're bad. Yeah. 
is probably because their quarterback's bad. And that's not Tomlin's fault necessarily. Like, give him a minute, right? Like, uh, I just think it's interesting what the media has to say. Because, well, also, I would like to know how many head coaches in the NFL do you think you actually even like? Or, do, or don't dislike, even. I dislike so many head coaches. Like so many, so many, like Bell. If we ranked the head coaches on like likability from like last year or something, like last year's head coaches, I think Belichick might be like top ten of my favorite. I don't even like Belichick, but so many of the head coaches are such whiners that I can't stand watching them on the sideline. Like Mike Zimmer, of the. Mike Zimmer was the head coach of the Vikings, right? Milk toast, yeah. Dude is a whiner. All the time whining. Harbaugh on the Ravens is ridiculously bad. I cannot believe we spent 40 minutes watching a Minecraft <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah I, I don't like, like Zimmer. He's a whiny bitch. Matt LaFleur seems likable. Is it, is it because he's so handsome? It might help. But he seems likable. Mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan seems okay. Comes off as it like a schmarmy Mc, Mc, asshole. Mc, McVay's definitely likable. Yes. Like, so you have like McVay. I would ha- like he's McVay comes off as the one that you would like. I wish he was my friend. Yeah, it's like McVay and Tomlin. Tomlin's got to be one of the coolest coaches in the league. Yeah, I watched him on the Pivot podcast, and you know what? That dude, <laughs> hey, he seems like the coach that you would like run through a wall for. I know. Like, Tomlin is one of the coolest coaches in the league. Well, there's there's no doubt about it. Like he, and he interviews so well. When he does, well, he, now he only does. Now he doesn't. But it seemed like he was tough to get a real interview on. Oh, he doesn't give you real question. Really, he doesn't give you real like stuff. I do like some of the stuff that he says. I like though. his Tomlinisms. Oh, he has some. The standard is a standard. Yeah, the standard is a standard. It's a big one. Iron sharpens iron. He does, he says that a lot. Yeah, he's cool as shit. Um, but that's probably why he's a good coach. Like he's just like. He just says stuff like that. He's like, and that's why they don't have losing seasons. Is he just going to adapt and fumb- die? Fumbling stuff like that, like that's not it's not acceptable. You know, what I mean? like it's not something that we we can do. We like he's not even like oh because he's like we can't do that. That's not something we can't we can't do that. Like he says that kind of stuff all the time. I love his one one of my favorite Tomlin quotes of all time was the Antonio Brown one, where they asked if Antonio Brown was coming back, and Tomlin just looked at the media and he went. <laughs> Never say never, but never. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty good. Like that's that's a pretty good line right there. There's a thousand members in the uh subreddit. Tomlinisms. Uh, I didn't even know that was a subreddit. It should be the dude's all like the standard is the standard it's gotta be that's this one, right? I mean they they have like that on the walls and stuff. Do you know the the Steelers actually have a uh, a show that they do every year now, where it takes you through the draft, where you meet the rookies, and it takes you through training camp, and the show is called The Standard. It's on YouTube. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's pretty good. Yeah, big big Tomlin fan, for sure. I'm trying to remember. There's another Tomlin quote that I liked so much. 
Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember what it was in reference to, but like he just looks at the media and he's just like this. He goes, "We do not care." <laughs> I was just like, "Okay." <laughs> like it was after a loss, and they said something, and like that was just what he had. The response, his response to the media was just, "We do not care." What's that? But someone who could say something like as aggressive as that, but come off so likable when he does it. But, like, it is interesting because, like, McVeigh. I like McVeigh, but he does come off a little cocky, too. Like, when he talks, like he has a, a ridiculous memory, but he also flaunts the crap out of that. I've seen so many videos where he's in interviews flaunting his memory. Yeah. Like, he, he flaunts it a lot. Like, he, I think the difference is they're both cool. McVeigh wants you to think he's cool. That's important to McVeigh, is that you think he's cool. I think Tomlin doesn't really care as much. I mean, everyone cares some, obviously. Right. But, but I think Tomlin's like, I'd rather win and you not like me <laughs> than like... But like, McVeigh wants to be liked yeah. and cool. Tomlin, Tomlin's a little... A little he's, he's Sheldon-ish. Like, a little just like, this is how we do it. What do you mean? He's like McVeigh's like the guy that... Uh, Tells everyone he met, like, hey, I, I was in on Bitcoin. I got Bitcoin when it was cheap. They'd be like the cop duo in a cop yeah. show where Tomlin's the old grumpy one. I'm too old for this shit. He's the old grumpy one who's just kind of like, we see the perp, we get the perp, we do the thing. And then McVeigh's the one who's like, but we're cool when we do it, right? And Tomlin's like, whatever, we get the criminal. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just like, you follow the rule, you do this. Like, because Tomlin's a very by the book. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't care to be flashy. We're just doing it. But, it, but the point is, I got off topic because, like, you get me talking about Tom, but I love that guy. The point is, I think a lot of the coach, head coaches are, like, really whiny and drive me insane. Like, when they show most coaches on the sideline, they're always whining. And not like Bill Belichick, where he's always arguing with the ref. I, that doesn't even bother me as much. I mean, like, openly, like, look like they're crying. Like, Harbaugh, like both Harbaugh's are like that. I know the other one's Jim Harbaugh's not at Michigan now, but they're both like that. I mean, heck, a lot of college coaches like that. Brian Kelly for Notre Dame was kind of like that. And it's just like, oh, my gosh. Like, can we not, like, do you have to whine? Like Sean Payton was always griping on the sideline. How do you Pete feel about Carroll gripes Mike a ton. McCarthy? He's a Pittsburgh guy, born and raised in Pittsburgh. I feel a big nothing burger towards Mike McCarthy. I really don't feel any way about one way about him or the other. Kind of like the new coach for the the uh, the Bengals. I don't really feel one way oh, or the other. About uh, him. McDonald or whatever. Yeah, I really don't feel one way or the other about him. Which I think is about as good as you can do for most head coaches. Is don't be, hate him. Yeah, it's just be indifferent towards them. That's fair. It's hard to be likable, I think, when you're facing... Because a lot of times you're watching a game, you're facing that coach, so you kind of want to hate him already. Uh, what about Staley then from uh, Chargers? He seems kind of fun. I like him. I kind of like him too. The younger guys seem likable. Um, uh, I like he's, he's so fucking weird. Is it Mike McDaniel? Like, I, I like Nick Saban. Uh, he's he's an a hole. Don't he's get me wrong. Yeah, but I mean, like when I watch his games, though, I don't get annoyed. 
Like he's, he's not one of those people who looks. Like he, I, I think what it is is if you're gonna yell, if you're gonna be mad at the elves, yell at them. Don't whine. When you're whining, you annoy me. Because I think part of it is because like I get anger. I get why you're mad. You 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 don't feel like you got a good call. But the whining thing to me, I'm like, it's a game. <laughs> like, why are you crying? It's a game, man. Like, I understand it's your livelihood, all that stuff, but, like, get mad. Like, getting upset about it's weird. You're making millions of dollars mm-hmm. to be a head coach. Like, why are you crying on the sideline about it? Like, Philip Rivers was a whiner, too. And a big trash talker. Yeah, he whined with the mo- He whined so much. Like, I think he whined more than any quarterback I could think of. I don't know. Brady was a big whiner for a lot of years. And again, like Philip Rivers, there were times I thought he was for real going to break down in tears on the field. <laughs> like yeah. he was like legitimately like that upset. But yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. And then the NBA, like so many of the coaches, it's like the opposite. None of these guys are getting it over the sixteen six mark. Yeah, what wusses? Can we throw a fifty six pound weight over this sixteen foot bar? There was one guy who did it so far. Two. Two. Yeah, he threw it 16 feet, 6 inches, a 56-pound bar. I would have a hard time doing this yeah, with the 56-pound bar. I my head much. All right, let's take a break so we can do our f- six beers. Yeah, much needed. Oh, well, the stream's not working really that great anyway. Mm-hmm. Son of a bitch. I'm going to figure this out. I don't know what it is. OBS has been a real pain in my nutsack. Oh, he threw it way over. He did not struggle getting that over. No, we didn't. All right, we'll be right back. Prepare for drinking.
Intriguing it is. Ready. All right. Fear one. Yeah, we'll look. Tastes like beer. <laughs> yeah, tastes like beer. Before you say what you think it is, I'm going to... Taste of it's got one of the. Smells like bud. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking. I think that's Bud Light. That's my guess for now. I'm going to try them all before I guess what's what, though. I'm leaning that's Bud. Here. Better. Well, my, my initial thought. Yeah. Alright, so one. And that, that was a solid beer, actually. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. Which doesn't mean that it's Bud Light, but like I I don't drink domestic beers usually. Oh, Mr. Rockefeller. No, I like, I prefer seltzers nowadays because I live in Florida and it's just hot and I get too, like, dehydrated. But also, I like to just switch it up. It's also the lightest looking beer. Alright, beer two. I, f- I feel like I'm going to fail at this now. So this smells like nothing. <laughs> Which makes you think it's coarse. <laughs> it made me. Coarse is basically water. Colorado Kool Aid. Definitely lighter than the first one. Hmm. In my opinion. Oh, I don't like that smell at all. What do you mean, nothing? I didn't smell hardly. I anything. smell like skunky, stale beer. I don't know. I feel like that one had like little to no flavor in comparison to the first one. I'm gonna go back to the first one just to see if I'm if I feel like that's true. Yeah, this one had a lot more flavor, I feel like, than the second one did. Second one definitely tasted more watered down. I'm guessing the second's cores for now. I like how the first one I give my but the second one I was like cores? Mark? <laughs> I didn't put Bud Light yet. You didn't think that was the first one? I thought it was Natty. You think it's Natty? Same thing. Both Anheuser-Busch. All right. If it, see, if that's Natty, though, to me, I should never buy Bud Light. Natty's yeah. cheaper. And to me, like, it might as well have been Bud Light. Yeah. The matter of what will be interesting to me will be to see if I can really tell the difference. I like the first one the best. So far... So do you think this one was weaker than that one in flavor? It was like less. Yeah. That one definitely tasted watered down to that one. Man, the first one, maybe the first one is like natty because it has by far the strongest smell.
I also don't like this one very much. Huh. That one also had like no flavor. You know, that's uh, I, I thought that was Bush. So like those two, <laughs> like the non-flavored to me would be like the it's the plain brand one. Well, I thought this one had the most flavor. I thought it had no flavor. I can definitely taste the most beer in that one. I actually thought that was Coors. No, I thought third was Coors. That one might be Coors. <coughs> Those are the exact same. Mm. These two basically taste identical. Number four. Now you're looking to see if there's names, huh? <laughs> well, I'm ready. To, I'll see what they were. I think this one's ultra. See, these three obviously drink the most. Bud, Miller, Coors, I drink the most. Bush Light, I would drink at the end of college drinking night, so it's hard to really say. It was like a dollar beer at the bar. Isn't it interesting that like they're all kind of starting to taste like they're, they're really blurring. I'm gonna say this one again. The first one I thought was the strongest. I'm losing all sense. Kinda. <laughs> it's concerning so how for, much <laughs> these just kind of taste like beer. <laughs> so everyone who thinks, oh, uh, I drink Coors Light, <laughs> do you? They put these all in the same cup and see what you think. It's like, I'm starting to be like, is this a prank? Are they all the same? Did Mike trick me and actually just had a six-pack of cores and put them all up? <laughs> Fake can. See, we're foreign. I definitely haven't. So either Natty or Bush is basically the same to me, or they're the last two. Five, lead the way. Let's see what happens here. It's a <laughs> <laughs> <That's> fucking beer. <laughs> it's concerning how much is doing that to me. I might not even try to guess which one's was at this point. And just rank them. I can't. I have no idea. I thought I'd have more of a tell than I do. I have no guess. You're six. That was my least favorite. That one didn't smell good. That was my least favorite. 
Switching this up. Alright, my mouth is out here. That's how I arranged mine. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Do you have any that are definitely set? Like a favorite or at least favorite? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to write it here so I can see how I rank them. So I'll try to go at least the first as much as possible unless our lists are like definitely incompatible. So what was your favorite? Number five. That was my favorite too. Second. Two. Okay. One. Okay. Three. Okay. Four. <laughs> you skipped a number. <laughs> yeah, I just realized that. We both scored sixth the worst. Sixth was the worst and fifth was the best. All right, so we're going to do sixth first since it was the worst. Sixth is... Natty. Michelob Ultra. Wow. That's, and that's the one I drink, like, the most. <laughs> it's really funny that we both have that one last. All right, so what, what's next? Uh, I did... Let's do two. two. We both have three pretty low. Three, I had scores. So, I mean, three, we both have pretty low. What I, I, do, I don't even know what I put for six. Six, I guess, is Natty. Three scores. Three scores. I nailed it. So, we both have that one third to last. So, scores were three. And we both had it four. Okay. So, now, let's see, four will be our next. Or I thought it was Bud Light. Bush. Bush. Which I put four as Bush. Put four as Bush. And you had it fifth. And I had it third. Feel bad for betraying Ultra <laughs> that way. It is kind of funny that the one you drank you put last. And these you know are, really we kind of stretch these in, in domestics. I couldn't think of any more domestics that were even kind of normal. The thing that throws it off is because I don't drink regular Ultra anymore. I always drink Ultra Gold. No. And they don't taste at all alike. So my Ultra preference is way down. Okay, so I guess we'll do... I don't know. Do you two or one next? It doesn't matter to me. We'll do them. Yeah, one. I thought it was Miller. One I, one I thought was Bud. 
Natty. Number one's Natty. <laughs> Dude, I had Natty was my second favorite. Never drink a Bud Light again. So, Natty and Bush, two and three for me. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty not great. That you are that you are Florida trash already, dude. Good job. <laughs> the funny thing is, you always say I'm cheap. Maybe I don't have to be. Maybe it's I just a preference. That's just how I am. It's my lifestyle. So it'll be interesting. Is Miller Lite going to be one? Everyone says Miller Lite's the fullest, best beer. Told you at the same time. All right, here we go. Here's Miller. Five. And I'll do. Let's do two. I'm weird. I'm weird. I'm out at the same time anyway. So two is Miller. Miller Lite was my fifth favorite. So you didn't like it? Two was towards the bottom. I thought it was almost tasteless. This is funny. You had it second. We both have Bud Light as our favorite. That's a shame. <laughs> is it because it was the first one? No. It was no, Natty was. Oh. I mean, it stuck out in the crowd. Bud Light was our favorite. I'm good in sips, I guess, but. <laughs> I also can't drink much of it because it's a rice beer and I, I can't breathe. I can't believe... I'm actually stunned. I would have guessed that Bud Light was purely a name. Can't believe it. Yeah, it's, the, it's the best one. I, when I didn't know what I was... I mean, when I didn't know what was what, in my head that one was the best. Huh. Dumbfounded. I can't believe I, so I went, my trash, Bud, Natty, Bush, my top three. (laughs) (laughs) But if I'm feeling like I want to spend some money, Natty's all reliable. Bush is kind of nice too. I do like Miller Lite though, especially at the pints. (laughs) I can't. I, I really can't with my rankings. Like I, I just move out. And into a trailer home. Trailer home. That's right. Get that in the picture. I would not have guessed that. If you would have told me that Bud Light would have been my favorite, I would have not believed you. I really thought Miller might have been my favorite, and it was fifth. I thought Michelob Ultra would have been up there, and it was last. So I know nothing about what I like to drink in beer, apparently. I've done these with whiskey before with friends. Same sort of thing happens. There was one, we did a whiskey tasting for my cousin's bachelor party, and Old Crow was one of the yeah. options. So, like, a cheap, 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 cheap bottle of bourbon. And then Michter's was also a bottle, which is like a $60 fifth. And people tasted the Michter's, and everyone was like, oh, that's the Crow. That's the Crow for sure. It's awful. It's kind of funny how that works. But that was the expensive bottle. Still shocked, man. I shit on Bud Light all the time. And then blind taste test. Oh, that's pretty good. Wow. Well. All right. Well, it's been fun, guys. Next next week, we might do a blind taste test. We were talking about doing a blind taste test. Of, seltzers. Uh, seltzers. Maybe this will be a new bit until football's back. We'll do, it doesn't always have to be alcohol. Maybe we'll do yeah. some blind tests. I'm sure you get candies. Find, find candies. Yeah, you just got to find stuff that looks the same. Yeah. I guess, I guess like, I did a blind taste test one time with, like, Cheez-Its and stuff, but it's hard because, like. 
They have a look. Like, yeah, if if they look the same, it's hard to really say. So, yeah, cheese nips and cheese its. I've already done that one. I, at least I did when I was a kid. But yeah, we'll have to we'll have to find some stuff. Maybe just buy like five brands of like Doritos, like Doritos, Aldi's take on them. Yeah, Sam's, well, Sam's, Sam's choice. Club. And then just like see if like we can tell the difference because everyone always talks like they can. You know, we're always like, oh, I know. That's the real Dorito. It'll be interesting to do stuff like that. Uh, pizza rolls. You can do that with like pizza rolls, like a, a pizza, a Totino's pizza roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam's Choice, a Delamax. Yep. Winn-Dixie uh, brand. We should do that. We'll see which things we can tell apart. Do you like peanut butters? Oh, I'll f- probably fail at that one. Because we, we only eat this really fancy um, American Ooh. Dream nut butter. Should we put my pride to the test? Should we do ketchups? American pride? That one's going to be easy. I think so, too. To me, Heinz is the ketchup. It's, yeah, there's not another ketchup. That's what I'm saying. Is in a blind taste test what I actually know is Heinz? I think so, but like I thought I'd be able to tell some sort of difference here. You the think, only thing that stuck out was that Bud was the best to me. I can't believe that either. Like To me, two, three, and four, which were Miller, Maddie. Bush, and Coors, were basically the same. Yeah. Like, like these guys, I could have changed the order of those, and it wouldn't have mattered to me. Six was definitely the worst. I thought Michelob Ultra was definitely the worst, and I thought Bud was definitely the best, and Natty was definitely my second favorite. <laughs> but these three were basically interchangeable to me. Natty was the first we one. Could do, we could do water. Dasani, because everyone trashes Dasani. We could do Dasani, oh, yeah. Aquafina. We have them here. Your liquid, 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 liquid death. death. We could really put it to the test. Uh, and how upset would you be if you put liquid death like fourth on a list of waters? It shouldn't because it's mineral water. We could do that, though. There's there's definitely some things. Uh, and on Thursday, we'll have more Fiji and Essentia water. And I have... We could put my pride to test. We could do zero colas. Coke yeah, Zero, we can do Pepsi that. Zero. Yeah, because I do, and I do this Pepsi is Zero. A Czech Zero. Czech Zero, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, you could, there's some stuff. Sam's Choice Cola Zero. And then we could just throw in Diet Pepsi, Diet Coke, too, which I don't even really like, but, like, just to fill out six. I think Diet Coke will stick out to me because it's so, it's so freaking bubbly. It. But I think that, that, that we got to do it. I think this is a fun new thing we could do. See which things, because to me, they were basically all the same. I like except the ones that weren't. I liked Bud the best and Michelob the worst, but like, I, I definitely had them ranked. But like overall, I don't think the dis- the gap between any of them was that crazy. Like even between Bud and Michelob, which are first and last of these two. But you, you know I how don't you, think it was that much. You know that you can tell that it's kind of correct, though. We both highly rated Natty, too, which is the Anheuser-Busch cheap trailer trash version. And <laughs> yeah. I put it first and second. You put, you put Natty third, I put Natty second. At least I put Miller second, because that's probably the beer I've drank the most in my real heavy days. Yeah, basically... Wow. Well, we're at five down, so I can take another picture. Yeah, basically, we 
Yeah, I think it'd be, this could definitely be something we could do for fun. We could do your bacon. Oh, that's, gonna, that's not even going to be a... The <laughs> no, right but, bacon is but, the only bacon. But there are certain things like that where I, I, I think a lot of people... Would fill this. Would think that they have a definite rating system here, and then when they did it, would be very surprised. Yeah, I'm shocked. All right, y'all. See you next week with uh, another blind taste test of something, whether yeah. it's seltzers or pop or... We, had, we, had, we definitely have to figure out some food ones. For food sure. ones are just hard because you get texture involved. Li- liquids are easier. It would literally have to be in a like a the dark bag, like a paper yeah. bag. And even then, you could feel it or feel it in your mouth. To where like here, like it would be easy. Like with if we did these with Diet Coke, Pep, Diet Pepsi, Coke Zero, Coke, you know, Pepsi Zero, Check Zero, and Diet Check or something, you would still be able to like. For the most part, yeah. Like they would still basically look the same. All right. So, yeah, it's fun. We'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I like it. Trial and error. See you guys later. I think I'm going to split this video up too so I can just uh, upload a blind taste test video of us drinking that. But this has been the NBC pod. Um, we'll talk a little bit of football next week and we'll probably just elaborate some more on some blind taste tests. Yes. Take it easy, y'all. Thanks for listening to the On Call Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at On Call Pod. Interested in being a sponsor or want to be on the show? Drop us an email at oncallpod at gmail.com. For more info, go to oncallpod.com.